grace to help us in the time of need. I thank you, Lord, that, that they go hand in hand. They are your heart <clears throat> of love. And so we thank you and honor you and for allowing us to come into your presence. Teach us the things we need to know for our lives today. You keep us current all the time. As long as we're faithful, you're faithful to us. So we love you for it and we honor you. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. So uh, we're going to talk about God's mercy today and that uh, mercy means he'll do it again. Amen. Mercy means he'll do it again. So we we really need to um, get a great understanding of how God wants um, his power to operate in our lives. Um, everything that we receive, we're not into earning works, anything like that. Your obedience really flows out of God's ability working through you. We have no ability to obey God in the flesh. So you have to use his faith, his spirit, his power. Everything that we need for success is God-given. It's God-empowered. God, It is the essence of God uh, when you think about it. So we have to think in terms of obedience being an offspring of our relationship with God. Reading the word. Meditating on the word, studying the word, allowing that word to transform us and change us into obedient people. And so once that word, we're just really walking out the word. When in everything that we do, we're walking out God's instruction. Uh, we're cooperating with the Holy Spirit. We're energized by the Spirit of God. We have the mind of Christ to draw from. So it's all God. We're just yielding to, surrendering to, cooperating with uh, His Spirit working in us. So most of our efforts as believers are not to strive to do things right. You have to have, you have to release right to work through you. Amen. So you're not just making decisions that, oh, you know, uh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And, uh, you know, you have to, <laughs> you have to allow God to orchestrate even the, uh, the, I guess the order in which you obey Him and the way in which you obey Him. Everything has to be done according to the counsel of His own will. If He allowed us to have input in these things, uh, we'd backfire. The whole thing would backfire real quickly. So God, kind of like, even when we know certain things that he's told us to do and certain things that he's going to do through us, we have to allow our faith to be developed for those things, and he's got to open doors for us to go through when that faith is developed. You understand what I'm saying? So he's our partner in life. We can't do anything when the Bible says we are joint heirs with Christ. That means that we partner with him in his will for us, not the reverse. We're not sitting here thinking up stuff to do and God's co-signing it. and We just run off with his power and all that. That's so silly. 
And so when, when you think about it, that, that's, that's why many times we're waiting on certain things. We, we feel we're ready to do certain things or feel we're ready to receive certain things and, and all of that. And yet we're still waiting. Amen. And so it's because we're, we're, God's developing us for success. Amen. Sometimes it's good to allow some opportunities to pass us by until we get that faith check in our hearts that that's our open door. You know, there are many doors that can open for us, but it may not be our open door. And so when you think about it, it, it really takes discipline, uh, more than ability in some things. It just takes Allowing yourself to ripen and, and, uh, you know, marinate, <laughs> whatever, and pretty much fall off the vine instead of trying to cause yourself to, to make yourself grow, you know, and, and make yourself this and make yourself that. There's so many things that we can be doing for God at the level we're at now. And sometimes we think we're ready for the next step and, and we're hardly perfected where we are right now. And this is one of the things that sometimes gets people confused about God's kingdom and <clears throat> where he's going and all that kind of stuff. You know, the, the power of God can, or the presence of God can come into you and give you such a feeling of empowerment that you want to run off and do everything, you know, tell the world, tell everybody, oh, God told me to go do this. God told me to, to go to that. No, he told you to go sit down. Amen. Usually. And, and wait on him to really empower you and to launch you into what he wants you to do. Uh, There's so many people who are self-launchers out there and they shoot up and fizzle down you know real quick and and you know you look and you know every every time you see them they've got a different project from god well what happened to when you were doing so and so and such and such oh yeah well we did that and then god said it's time to move on you know it's okay you know you look behind you and you got a lot of collateral damage trail you know instead of People who are built up and strengthened and all of that. And it's like, you know, it's like, well, don't come my way. You know, if that's your fruit, uh, keep that over there. And so we, we really have to understand what it means to live with God, live in his mercy, and live in the fullness of what he has designed for us. But mercy always means he'll do it again. And he'll give us second chances, so to speak. Uh, really, they're not second chances. We have forever chances in God. See, just because you go through a door and make a mistake, it doesn't mean you're, you're fired. Amen? Some To some people, that would be good news, because what that means is you can quit and say, you know, God told you to stop. But he didn't. He wants to help you to get it right. So that, you know, he, he really has a right door for you to go through. He has a right thing for you to do. He has a right ministry for us. He has a right family for us. He has a right everything for us. And so we need mercy because there are times when we'll get ahead of God. There are times when we'll um, anticipate something that really is not for us. Uh, and sometimes we'll think it, the, the mercy is that you find out it's not for you. And then along with that, God will come along and say, well, it's time for us to get on the right road now. And you think to yourself, my goodness, I messed up so bad. 
you know. And there he's, he's forgotten about it. We have too long a memory for things that are unpleasant sometimes. And not enough anticipation of good. And so God always wants us to anticipate good when you live with him. Amen. He's, he's not giving up on us, but he's teaching us. Sometimes if you, uh, you know, there's some, these, some of these success teacher people, you know, they have some little phrases like, uh, fail forward. And that means to, to, there was a failure waiting for you. They call it failure. Sometimes it's just a mistake, misjudging things. Uh, and they'll say, um, you know, just fail, get it out of the way so now you can forget that and press forward. Or learn from that and press forward to your success. But they're, they're into the mercy in the realm of success teaching because that's correct and that's the way God has it. So when you, when you make mistakes or you feel like you fail, that is not an indication for you to stop. That's an indication for you to thank God and forgive yourself and just go on and perfect that. Uh, so that God can help you to do it right the next time. So in understanding God's mercy, mercy means that, that he has opened a door of ability for you to proceed. And if you didn't get what you thought when you went through the door, there's more mercy for you at the next juncture. So mercy in that it endures forever, it tends to follow us around. And show us that there's an opportunity to get it quote unquote right this time. If you look at, you know, some of your mistakes or what you think are failures, you'll realize there was something good that came out of that. See, there was something worth salvaging that came out of that. So God never throws out the baby with the bathwater. Amen. He, he always, you'll always find something that you were able to l- learn in that situation. And and sometimes these are like shipwreck situations or what we think are really bad situations. I, I always encourage people, I said, listen, don't ever condemn your upbringing and your parents. You know, even though you may look at with a critical eye and think they couldn't do this and they couldn't do that. And, and uh, you know, and, and this is the, the other end of it as well. If you begin to dishonor them in the way you view how they raised you or how they ran their household or the occupations they had, you'll doom yourself to make worse mistakes than they did. You know, think about it. You understand what I'm saying? There's some things that we... You know, you look at it, you look at God's, because the Bible says, honor them, so why? It'll go well with you. And sometimes we're dishonoring those that we're supposed to honor, and we can't understand why what we're doing never works. Or it takes so many mistakes before we finally get it right. And sometimes it's just good to go back and say, you know, Jesus, can you go to my mother today and tell her I love her? Tell her I understand now? The pressure she was under, you know, when, when, you know, I mean, sometimes it's, you know, and God, can you forgive me, please? For, hmm? <laughs> you know, I don't know if he does that or not, but I, I've done it. 
you know, I felt such remorse sometimes. You know, you just want God to make it right. And I know there's no remembrance of anything that goes on down here, but that's that's where your heart should be. To want to make things right with them even though they're not here, you know. You just gotta gotta find a way to do it somehow, some kind of way. So we can we can be very, very judgmental sometimes. And cause our lives to get on a collision course because we're not honoring the word, doing the word, you know. So whatever that was worth, I just threw that in there, I guess. But but, but part of God's mercy is that he wipes the slate clean for us and we get a new start as though nothing wrong ever happened. And that's why forgiving yourself is so important. Applying the blood to your life every day. Amen. When the Bible says it's, it is because of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed. His mercies are new every morning. You need to activate that mercy in your life. It won't be new for you if you, that's just an invitation for you to activate it. Amen. So you activate God's mercy by starting out first by worshiping. And God, please forgive me for anything in the shipwreck day yesterday, or if it was a good day yesterday and, and it could be better. Lord, I'm expecting better today. But forgive me of bad attitudes. We all got bad stuff in us. I tell you right now, there's attitudes that we have that have not yet been dealt with fully, that we cling to and we want to think they don't matter. Just because God's not pulling it out and showing it to you right now, it doesn't mean it's a non-thing. You know what I'm saying? It's going to get dealt with at some point. But you got to understand, sometimes you, you go up to people and something, some alarm goes off in you or something goes off in you that you remember the last mean thing they said or something. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff junk we take around with us. And that needs to be acknowledged before the cross. That's something that stands between you. It's called iniquity. Amen. And we all have lots of it. There's things that are going on inside of us that go off inside of us. And, you know, sometimes you'll say, you know, I thought I was done with that. You got got a layer peeled off. Amen. There's always a core where you got a layer once there's still a core. Amen. Don't always, don't ever get high in your own thinking and think it's all taken care of. You know, we'll start going around, we'll tell other people how to live if you get like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you need to stay with your own beeswax. Cause you got a lot of wax. Amen. So we just, you just have to understand that. And, and the way you, you understand it and, and keep it in a place where you recognize what it is without condemnation is to keep it confessed before God. God, I see that. You know, it's like the difference, confessing, uh, confession is the difference between, um, putting a passenger in the back seat and keeping them in the passenger seat. When it's confessed, he's in the passenger seat. You acknowledge he's there, you know he's there. In the back seat, you don't, you can't see him and he can speak to you and start telling, feeding your mind with things. You got me? So acknowledging it just keeps it in the passengers. I see you. I'm a, I'm gonna watch for you because I know what you can do to me. You understand what I'm saying? The last person I went off on is cause of you. Amen. 
And even if you if you're smart enough, see religious people get smart, they don't go off on nobody. But your mind goes off. And then your heart gets fed poison. See what I'm saying? So we think we slick. <laughs> I just threw that in for good measure. Amen. Just cause you don't, you don't make it overt and open. Cause you're going to say it to somebody at some point. If it's active in there, it's going to get, and it'll get released when you least want it to and least suspect it. So that's why my, my thing is stay confessed on stuff you know is in you and it's not right. Got me? You know it ain't right. Keep it before the Lord. Don't go around begging Him to deliver you and all this kind of stuff unless He, you know, is just like that. But, you know, don't condemn yourself because of it. But know that everybody carries around stuff like that and it needs to be put in a place where, where you can know it's there. Gotta acknowledge it. You know, you keep your eyeball on it. Amen. You know, cause you know it'll come in a time when, when you least want it to show up. Amen. Joyce Meyer, yeah, Joyce Meyer, you, you got me? Joyce Meyer said that, she said, she said, God showed me mercy in this thing. She said there was a, like a running feud between her and the church that she had been prior to her ministry being launched. And these people kept telling her she wasn't ready for ministry. They didn't want her to do anything, yada, 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 yada. And so it, once she left, she said, I forgave them uh, from my heart, what I thought was from my heart. And she said, I sent, I heard they were doing a building fund. She said, and the, we sent a check to them for the building fund from the ministry. And they sent, returned the check to her and sent a letter and said, uh, we're not accepting this. No, thank you. Uh, don't send us it. I mean, they used a nasty little letter and sent their check back. And so I think it was some years later, she said that there was a, yeah, the secretary let her know somebody, she had a visitor in the office and who it was. And it was the pastor and some board members from that church. And she realized that she still had anger and animosity toward them in her heart. And she said, God, I don't know how you're going to do this. She said, but I'm asking you to forgive me for hating these people right now. She said, and I'm expecting you to have me respond to them as though they've never done anything wrong to me before they get in here and I have to talk to them. And she said she just held on to God and she said that thing lifted off of her. And she said, and I thought I had forgiven them. And I thought all this and see, there comes a time when God comes to fetch all of that iniquity out of us. Amen. And thank God he gave her mercy because it could have hit her all of a sudden. But he showed it to her before those people got in there. So that she didn't get further down. And she said they came in and apologized to her. And told her that they realized how wrong they had been about her all those years. But they could not rest until they made it right. See what I'm saying? See, sometimes the people we dislike are bigger on the inside than we are. And we're the one who's famous. You got me? Famous don't make you right. Not at all times. And you thinking you're right all the time don't make you right either. 
Just because you won an argument against somebody, that don't make you nobody. Amen. So we're all at his mercy and in submission. So that was mercy. See, mercy came and visited her and gave her another opportunity to really from her heart forgive these people. Amen. Sometimes you can do nice things for people with a with a wrong spirit. See, when you think about it, why didn't those people accept her money? Might have been a wrong spirit on that check when she wrote it. Uh, I've made it now. I'll show you. You never know. I'm not saying that's what it was. You understand what I'm saying? But you got to depend on God to get you right on your insides with these things. He knows everybody's yum-yum. He knows everybody's minutiae. He knows everybody's what's going to kill them in the end if it's allowed to stay in us. So we want to get that, that clean, clean sweep on the inside so that we'll be prepared for these situations. We prepared for the things that God wants us to do. So mercy comes by way of the cross. Amen. It always comes by way of the cross. Thank you, Lord. God works by laws and statutes. That's why he'll do it again. Because as long as conditions are met, and we're keeping the statutes and the ordinances of God, Amen. Then we will receive his blessings. When we violate those, we have to go to the cross so that we can be blood washed, can repent, have that sin removed from our souls, and we can be cleansed and set free. So he wants to do it again. The question is, can we position ourselves to receive his mercy? We need to know that favor follows mercy. Amen. Remember the people that, that Stop Jesus when he was, uh, walked the earth and in his earthly ministry would always say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on us. Amen. They weren't claiming any quote unquote covenant rights or any kind of favor or standing ahead of mercy. You got to keep them all in order. So when they would ask for his mercy, his favor always followed. In Genesis 39 and verse 21, if you'll go there, you'll see how favor and mercy worked in Joseph's life. At this point, Joseph is thrown in prison. Now, he had been sold into slavery by his brothers. God showed him mercy because the person that wound up purchasing him made him the ruler of his household. The Bible says that God was with Joseph. How did he, why was he with Joseph? Joseph learned how to forgive people. Or he'd have still been a slave. He'd have been treated rough like every other slave. But Joseph promoted, was promoted even in his slavery. Amen. That somebody had to manage everything. Somebody had to run everything because Potiphar didn't have time to do it. And so they trusted either uh, people that they would hire and sometimes they could trust slaves. So Joseph had favor in Potiphar's house. Potiphar put him in charge of everything. He even, Joseph even delegated to Potiphar things that he needed for his provision. 
Amen. And so sometimes these people uh, got very, very powerful in the house of powerful people. And in Joseph's case, he walked a, a life with God or he walked a road with God that was continually loving, that was continually forgiving, that was continually kind and obedient. And that's how he got in in Potiphar's uh, house and got elevated. So here we we know the situation. Potiphar's wife accused Joseph of of assaulting her, and Joseph was thrown in prison. Uh, it, there was no such thing as due process. Amen. If somebody accused you and you got believed, they were believed. You suffered the consequences. So here Joseph is thrown in prison. He never, God never diminished him in his abilities. Amen. Now, if Joseph were guilty of something, you would have seen a demotion come in his life by God until he corrected it. But he was innocently accused. He was holding on to his integrity. So God didn't take anything away from him. His location was changed. That's all that was changed about his his ability. Amen. His location changed. You know, people who are, are waiting for open doors to minister need to look at every open door as an open door from God and there's no big important place and no small place to minister. See, it's all going to be God's perfection and, and they shouldn't prepare differently from one, for one group or another one because they're representing God everywhere they go. You know, there's no big or little things in God's eyes. It's just all obedience. And sometimes he's testing you and how you view things so that you can start looking at it the same way he does. So just because Joseph was in a wealthy man's house and he had a a type of freedom, that didn't make the work he did at Potiphar's more important than what, than what he did in the prison. Amen. It's all working for God. It's all work representing God. Sometimes God gets us out of situations that are cush and perfect so we don't get a sense of entitlement. See, some people get ruined by abundance. They get ruined by <clears throat> what they call good opportunities. They get ruined by certain things. You know, if if your ministry is taking you to big venues and big arenas and all the big things and all what the world sees as important things, what about the people who can't get there? What about the people who don't qualify as, as being, you know, sometimes it takes money to get to these large meetings. <clears throat> it takes a way to organize them. I know because we used to take people to them. You understand what I'm saying? And it takes a lot of output sometimes to get there so that you can get everybody there. You got to think about what people can afford, you know, what you have to do to take care and maintain. It's a lot of work to do this kind of stuff, you know, especially if you're, you're teetering on your faith and whether God's with you or not. So this is how the big and the littles get the advantage of what God has for them. That's why you would see Jesus when would, with preaching to the multitudes, and then he would go over somebody's home. He did house meetings, and he did big venues. He did the synagogue. He went everywhere the Father sent him. 
Amen. But there are some people who will judge your obedience to God by the size of your congregation. Amen. You notice they all stick together. They're very tight and they don't let anybody else in. You understand? To their own hurt. See? Like, now I'm not being critical, but I can see a missing ingredient from some of the larger ministries that they're looking for. That because they didn't let people in, certain people in, they don't have it. And they're all trying to create it now. I'm not going to say what it is. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? But, but I can see that it's there. You know, when you pray about these things and you have a vision from God about what end time ministry is, then you understand that, that we build on prior foundations. See, all of those revelations are for the whole church. They're for the whole church. And so there's a, a desire now for believers to be empowered in a greater way, in a greater fashion. And it's frustrating some of the people who are, are launching believers or trying to launch believers. Some of them wonder why the same group of people keep coming to their meetings over and over and over again and they never go out and pray for the sick and they've been under their healing ministry for eons and nobody's gone and prayed for the sick. So they know there's something missing. Can't put their finger on it. Well, let me put this out there. Maybe it came to you Years ago when you rejected it. Because it didn't fit in with your cliquish understanding. Just saying. See if God has to. He'll start over in a stable. He'll start over in a house. In a basement. In a living room. He'll start over. He said yeah your your generation missed it. Y'all didn't quite get it right the way I wanted you to. Because you overlook some people because they didn't fit into your idea of worthy or fit in or prosperous enough or big enough or renowned enough. They didn't have a name that you recognized and you didn't see them as up and coming. Let me put it to you this way. The first time David showed up, Is, is someone that God was using. He had sheep, he smelled like a sheep herder. He had sheep dew on his sandals. But he walked in there and he just began to prophesy what God put in his heart to prophesy. And he turned the future of a nation totally around. He wasn't a soldier. Like his brothers were. He wasn't up and coming in anybody's estimation of things. He was just a simple shepherd that knew God. He had something they didn't have. He knew God. And so there may be some people that have come in their midst that knew God and they didn't recognize it because it didn't come in the package. They were expecting it to come in. Just saying. Not throwing no shade on nobody. But if you can't feel the sun right now, that's <laughs> that might be hitting you right. You see, 
all the moves of God have begun with the humble. Very few with the established. Because God might have to take away some of their toys in order to get them to where they're looking at things the way he looks at them. Got me? So there's going to be a, a missing ingredient for some people to go forward until they recognize where God is telling them that they're to move and what they're to embrace and who carries it. you got to embrace the vessel as well as the anointing. Amen. That's always hard for us as a church body to embrace the vessel as well as the anointing. If if you don't embrace the vessel, you can't get what they got. Everybody's trying to get what somebody has without embracing that person and honoring that person. Amen? And loving that person. And once you embrace one, you got to look for more to come. Some people can embrace one out of that bunch, but they don't want a whole bunch of them coming in here. Just saying. Got me? So, so anyway. <clears throat> so God, in, in this episode with Joseph, Joseph is thrown into prison. He's demoted, embarrassed, misjudged, and he, he really Deserves justice, but he puts that aside because he's been looking for justice from day one and he hasn't gotten it yet. So he has to defer what is rightfully his until God opens the door for that to happen to him. And this one, this is one of the keys to leadership that God can trust with everything. We have to defer sometimes the things that we desire out of life until God is ready to place them into our life because we have no idea what God's preparing us for. Okay, you girls are going to have to sit down back there. Amen. Split up a little bit. Don't sit so close to each other. Amen. Well, yeah, have one of the, have your, uh, bigger daughter move up here, honey. Okay. Yeah. Come on up, sweetie. Yeah. Just sit up there. You'll be all right. Amen. So now everybody's either going to go to sleep or something. Go and do what you really want to do. We have to keep each other awake anymore. Amen. Now smile because we're not making fun of you. We're laughing with you if you'll laugh with us. Amen. Everybody that got busted. You pay attention to the sermon, you're going to get busted too. So whatever. Everybody's <laughs> I'm talking about. So it says here, but the Lord was with Joseph, this is Genesis thirty nine twenty one, and showed him mercy and gave him favor. So mercy, so favor follows mercy. Don't ever think favor belongs to you or you got a right to it or whatever. Amen. Got to got to honor God at all times. You know, it's okay to have faith. You know, I'm not, this won't negate your faith at all. You know, I got faith and it just comes to me. Yeah, okay. Keep on, I just comes to me. And it says here, he got favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Amen. So Joseph is looking for justice. Justice gets delayed, but he receives God's mercy anyway. See, mercy, because it, it flows God is so willing to show mercy. 
Amen. Joseph just humbled himself and went into prison and decided not to try to justify himself or or kick a fuss or say, you don't know who I used to work for. I still got connects with him. You know, Potiphar, he my boy, you know, that kind of stuff. He never went in flaunting any of that. Amen. But he went in and God showed him mercy. There is a reason mercy is shown to us. Even though the Bible says God will show mercy to whom he'll show mercy. Amen. And he'll pardon whom he'll pardon. So God still reserves sovereignty to himself. But when you have experience with God, he expects you to walk in a certain way. See, if 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 Joseph had gone into that prison demanding anything or or stubborn and, and combative or anything like that, he never would have received the mercy of God. Amen? Because your witness is on display all the time. You never know what God wants to do with you in a situation. So it's best not to go in there showing out or acting up or standing on your rights or I learned how to be patient in a supermarket line. Huh? Instead of you know breathing heavy and breathing on the person in front of you. Of course you know when you got a mask up it just blows back on you, you know, you so they can give you a lot of patience that way. And and uh not let the cashier know you're exhausted from standing in line and all that kind of crazy stuff. And and God broke me of that because I was in a in a line um, at Meyer with the one in Toledo, and I would stop in there all the time because that was where we dropped me off and picked me up, getting back and forth to from Detroit to Cleveland. And I was in line there, and and it was a long line, and it took a while, and I was wanting to get and sit, so take a nap or something because I had some more time on the road. You know, when you got six or seven hours. <laughs> In a car getting somewhere, you're not going to be real, you know, funny and all of that kind of stuff. Well, it wasn't that many. It was a good, but a good four hours, sometimes five, when you got to wait for people and all that kind of stuff. And so, um, but anyway, there was a young man there and he was a bagger. And he looked at me once. He looked at me again. He said, he said, hi, Reverend, how you doing? And I look around. <laughs> oh. Moi. I said, yes. No, I didn't. And I, I said, hi, how you doing? I said, how you doing, brother? I said, I didn't recognize you. He said, yeah, I see you on television. See, that'll cure you from acting up and being ugly. Suppose I'd been acting up. He'd have been the last. He'd have went and told all them people, don't look at that woman. She's horrible. Huh? And he would have had a right to tell them that. So God will cure you of many things that you need to, you know, like you thought you was over that. You you still got some more left in you. Amen. And he knows how to bring it out. And so that cured me. I said, God, I get the message now. I got to be a good girl even running through Myers. Amen. So and God, I prayed for many people when I was in that supermarket going through Myers. A lot of people. Pray God instantly healed people in there and stuff like that. I mean, it was just glorious. Much better than if I'd been that horrible person 
terrorizing the supermarkets. You know what I'm saying? So, so here it says here that he, um, he, it says he, and he found favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Favor works through people. See, when God does something, he does a total job. This will teach you how to appreciate people. This will teach you how to respect people. Because favor works through people. Amen? It works through people. Now, if the devil's using somebody to steal from you, you know, you put the devil in his place. Amen? You bind him and, and just not have any of it. But but other than that, favor works through people. Now, I'm, I'm not saying try to manipulate stuff out of people. But honor people, love people, show them kindness, show them respect, amen, uh, show them politeness, all that kind of stuff. It says, and the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. Well, you might say, well, that was like a dirt job because he didn't want to be bothered with them, amen. But it it was a place of honor because this man saw Joseph not as an ordinary prisoner. In other words, he didn't have to start at the bottom and work his way up. He started at the top. Amen. God instantly showed that prison guard that Joseph was capable. See, any time we're expelled from one situation... We get this impression that we've done something wrong and we need to be punished and go sit in the penalty box until God coaxes you out. But God showed Joseph, I'm already exonerating you. I'm already vindicating you. I am giving you something to work with so that you don't, I don't have to start at the bottom rung with you and start building you up again. Amen. That's a lot of work for God. You know, every time we mess up to start us off like we've just brand new Christians and, and we got to do all of the stuff we used to do and work our way back up again. No, God forgives. When he forgives, he got no recollection. And he knows how to activate that with within us that he was able to use. Amen. He He really, really does. So he knows Joseph is in there. He's innocent. But God has some more work to do on Joseph. And that makes the work that God has to do on us so much easier. Because then we can cooperate with him. You know how it is sometimes parents, you know, if you've got children, you have to discipline. You have to be careful to say, God, I forgive my child. I, I want us to be have nothing interfering between our relationship. Because it's hard on that kid to learn if every time they go to you, you act like you remember the last thing they did wrong. Amen. And so you have to be careful to get the slate wiped clean so that they start out with a clean slate and a fresh start so that they don't have that lingering. Amen. Some some kids it's easy to work with that with and some are going to give you a run for your money. You know, give you a real challenge. Amen. And so, you know, God, he, that's, that's your challenge to work on for you, between your relationship with God. You know, how you work that out. But understand that there is a clean slate for everybody. That's what God wants us to understand about his forgiveness. It wipes the slate totally clean. That's important when you think about how your faith works. 
Because if your faith has to meet the mountain of your own guilt and condemnation and self-unforgiveness and all that, every time you stepped up to do something, it would be a pretty tough life. So you got to learn how to self-forgive as as well as receive forgiveness from God. Amen. And so the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in prison and whatever they did there, he was the doer of it. Amen. And it says the keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand. So here's total restoration of Joseph's credibility with God, his abilities as a manager, his favor with the prisoners to obey him, delegated authority, all that comes back to him. And it's not diminished because he he just changed the location of Joseph's growth. Amen. So expect sometimes that the circumstances, God is still growing us. Sometimes the circumstances might be more challenging this time than they were the last time. Don't read too much into it. Well, God, I thought it would be easier. We all do. Grow up. You understand what I'm saying? Come on now. He's heard that a million times. You know, I mean, just because it's more of a challenge, that doesn't mean God's mad at you. It means he favors you. Challenges come to those who are highly favored. Amen? Somebody's got to overcome the devil down here. You start palling up with him and and he starts slicking you here and slicking you there. You lose everything. So God has to always keep that edge with us. Always something in there to overcome. Paul's thorn in the flesh. Messenger from Satan. He Paul is like, okay, God, here I am getting flogged again. I just, all I did was come to this, this city and cast the devil out of a girl because she kept following me. Amen. That devil bugged me. And I've cast the devil out of people before and you didn't get me thrown in jail behind it. What, what up? Huh? And so God just told him, he said, and he asked God to remove it. He said three times he asked him to remove it. And God said, my grace is sufficient. My strength is, he said, I'm trying to perfect strength in you, Paul. Quit being such a, a weenie. You understand what I'm saying? Let's toughen up here, Paul. He said, you're getting more of my strength every time you go in there. You know, God can protect you. You know, sometimes you need to ask God to, to just diminish the pain. Amen. God, I'm in pain again. And, you know, don't try to figure out where it came from. God, just make this an easy day for me pain-wise. And pretty soon you keep asking like that. In small amounts, and pretty soon you'll be pain free. Amen. Am I right, Miss Donna? If you got to come to the altar again and again, you get, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's going to work. One day it's going to take and you'll be paid. That'll be a memory, a dim memory of the past. Amen. And so God wants us to live like that. Don't be put off by challenges. Amen. So it says, the prison prison guard didn't even watch anything. He didn't. He said, "Cause the Lord was with him, and that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper." Amen. So, whenever we receive things working in our lives, it's because God made it happen. You know, you want His hand in everything you do. Amen. You want His signature on everything you receive. 
You want his mercy working in your life continually, continually. Amen. So we said favor follows mercy. In Joseph's case, favor put him in charge. He never lost position, just location. Amen. It just changed the venue. You know, your your power's the same, your ability's the same, you're not diminished. There was a mercy seat on the altar of God. Blood always covered the mercy seat. Amen. There was a replica of the ark on that mercy seat with two cherubims facing one another. Amen. And within that ark was the uh, tablets of of stone which represented God's statutes and ordinances, his rules. So God, God ministers over his law, but as long as blood is on that seat, mercy is the ministration, not judgment. He's not looking for us to pay us back and condemn us, but you gotta come by way of the blood. You try to come any other way, you won't get that. Amen? Like your covenant rights, and I got a right to this, got a right to that. Amen? I would just tone it down a little bit and realize who you're asking for what you need and, and appropriate his mercy. Amen. And, and also a miracle working power was represented by the, the, uh, olive, uh, the, uh, bud that Aaron's bud, rod that budded. Amen. After it was a dry twig, it began to bring back life. That's renewed life, resurrection power, miracle working power. All of that is over the, that's all of that is over the mercy seat of God. So even though his law is represented there, you gotta do right, gotta be right, amen? But also, you can get a miracle whenever you come to the throne of God. Miracles flow freely there, amen? And, and the showbread, which represented, uh, supernatural provision. So anything you can, can need and, and want is over that mercy seat. You, it is, is provided in the mercy of God. So don't play mercy cheap. Don't, don't try to stand on you. Well, I obey God and I do what's right and I love everybody. You little liar, you. Cause as soon as you say that, God will bring you somebody in your face that's real hard to love. He said, God said, you expert, you claim to be an expert at love, love that. Hmm? Cutting bay, bruh. Drunk and high at the same time. What you gonna do with him? Huh? You're like, okay, God, I get it. <laughs> Give me what I need here. So blood always covered the mercy seat when the priests were ministering. Amen. The priest covered the blood with that. So Jesus covered that mercy seat with his own blood in heaven. He brought blood up to heaven in his, his uh, priestly ministration. After Calvary, amen, to make an atonement for us once and forever. Amen. Amen. So, uh, Exodus 25, 21, I think that's kind of what I'm saying now. Let me just check it to make sure. Write these down if you, you know, get a chance to go back and read them for yourself. You can read them now with me, but, uh, it says here, and you shall put the mercy seat above the ark, 
and in the ark you shall put the testimony that I shall give you, and there I will meet with you, and I will commune with you from the mercy seat, from between the two cherubims which are upon the ark of the testimony, of all things which I give you commandment unto the children of Israel. And when he said testimony, that means uh, his his tablets that he gave to Moses, the Ten Commandments, and also those two other elements that, that I mentioned, three other elements. But it represents God's law when it's broken. You can still get your miracle. You can still get your healing because the blood covers the mercy seat. Amen. So it's not locked up away from you, but it's freely given to you. And that's what we receive at the throne room of God whenever we have access. So don't leave the throne room without your miracle if you need it. Don't leave the throne room without your provision, the manna that flowed freely from heaven. Don't leave the throne room lacking anything that you need from God. So God had his covenant inside. It was covered with the blood, which speaks mercy. Mercy is paid for. When we honor the blood, mercy follows. So always look at the blood as providing mercy, not rights, not God owes you something, but mercy, the blood softens his heart to give you the things that you need. God examines the heart and looks for the humble. Amen. The Bible says he resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Amen. Mercy, uh, 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 grace follows mercy. Amen. Goodness follows mercy. Favor follows mercy. Favor and grace can be in some ways synonymous, amen, in that once mercy is granted, then you can receive anything, you can ask for anything, amen. It, 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 God even, Jesus even taught that. He said, ask anything in my name and I will give it to you. So mercy really is the blank check. For what we need, anything that you uh, desire, uh, anything that that you feel you can ask for, mercy kind of tends to abound toward us once we receive a, a measure of it. Amen. Uh, it, it you look at uh, remember the the um, intercession of Abraham for Lot for the city of Sodom. When Abraham spoke to God about Sodom, God told, God said this, should I hide this from Abraham seeing one day he'll be a great nation? And then God decided, I'm going to share this with him because he can handle it. Amen. He can handle it. And what Abraham did was at first he questioned God. When God told him he's going to destroy the city, Abraham realized Lot was there. And mercy welled up in Abraham's heart and it touched God. Those who show mercy will obtain mercy. Now Abraham could have been like, oh boy, I told Lot to go, not go rushing off out from here. He wasn't ready to get out on his own. I told him that land didn't look so hot to me. I was just, no, he didn't. He showed mercy. Even though Lot was kind of off, off the chain in some things, you know, the fact that he went to Sodom and didn't move immediately, 
come on, y'all. Abraham said, you take whatever you want. Take, take what looks good, whatever you desire. You choose first. I'll take what's left over. So Abraham begins to petition God on Lot's behalf. And he said, would you, would you spare the city if you found 50 righteous people there? And God said, yeah, I'll spare it for 50. So that was the measure of mercy Abraham felt God would give. That was what his faith was telling him to ask for. So when that mercy came, he said, hmm, I got that. And he felt he could ask again for fewer people. Why did he feel he could do that? Well, you say, oh, is he got faith? Well, what about mercy abounding to him? It wasn't about faith at that point. Amen. God approached him. Faith means you approach God. You get confidence. You go to him. God came to him. So here Abraham asked, well, for what did he say the next 30 or something like that? And God said, yeah, I'll do it for 30. So he asks again. Here we have mercy abounding to ask for more. When we are shown mercy the first time, we will get more because mercy abounds to us again. I don't care what kind of mindset you might find yourself in. You might think, well, God, I've asked for enough. I mean, you know, I didn't do so well with the last stuff you gave me. Which is true for all of us at some point. Sometimes we think we're starting all. You ever get that feeling sometimes it's like, boy, oh, boy. When when something goes wrong, we expected it to go right. Sometimes you get the the, the feeling you're starting from square one. You ever felt like that? Oh boy, I gotta start all over again. That's never true. That's just unbelief creeping in trying to keep you from speaking out what God's putting on your heart. Because it's all mercy. And mercy abounds to us once it's given to us and we receive it. It abounds back again for more. So Abraham got to the point where he just said, man, this guy's being too good to me. I'm just gonna quit. See, he redrew, withdrew himself from the mercy of God when he could have asked for what he really wanted to ask for. That's why Jesus said, you don't have to do what Abraham did. Ask for a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And just ask what you want. We know what you want. God knows what you want. And he's willing to give it to you. So just ask for what you Because all mercy abounds to us. Amen. All grace abounds to us, which empowers us to be able to have the faith to ask for what we want. So we're never diminished in anything when we go to God. Just spit it out. Amen. Sometimes we're holding back because our brain is telling us God couldn't be this. God couldn't mean he, you can do this, right? Like me when I had to buy my house. I, I was being very cautious because my husband had just passed away you know and i'm telling you people don't believe it but i was living on 10 percent of what i was getting the tithe i guess living off the tithe 10 percent of what what i had with a, a living working spouse 
See what I'm saying? So I was, but God wanted to show me he wasn't diminished. Amen. So uh, when I did finally ask, pray and ask right, see, I went around uh, looking for a place for a house to buy um, with half of my faith locked up inside of me. Now, don't act like y'all ain't never done that. Huh? Because I wanted wonderful. And, you know, didn't have to be expensive. I never asked for money stuff. You know, I don't put myself out there with all that money. I, if I can get it free, I'll see if I can do that. But you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I get real Hebrew sometimes when you know what I'm talking about. But, but. You know, when you think about asking what you will, it comes at a price tag. And I didn't really feel like wonderful was what I wanted to pay for. So I was looking at me paying for it. And I remember stepping out of the shower one morning and and I was just so frustrated looking for a house. And I said, God, give me a house that's wonderful. And when I said those words, I felt them come out of my mouth big. And I put my hand over my mouth and tried to reel them back in. You understand what I'm saying? That's what unbelief, fear, and all that stuff will do to your faith. See? And I'm thinking I'm going out in faith. I believe I received it when I prayed. I believe I received it. I have this house. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Money, come on, come on, come on, come on. Huh? Nothing beats honesty before God. So he finally let me put myself under enough pressure where he squeezed the words out of me. See, if you think you're walking around doing all this stuff by faith, I got a little news for you. For many of us, most of our faith is locked up inside because we're afraid of the price tag that comes with Or we thinking we got to pay for everything. Hello? God said ask for what you will. He'll do it. Same thing happened with, with my car. I know that car will last me as long as my faith will last. But I have a sense God wants me to have a newer one. You got me? So I just bought that to make sure I could get in and out of it. When you get my age, those things get very important. Now, you may not think they're not important to you because y'all see yourself getting out, grabbing that thing and jumping up in it. I don't jump nowhere <laughs> but in the bed, you know, real easy anymore. So you got to ease your way on to certain things. So, you know, God knows I'm a chicken at heart, but hey, he loves me. So, so uh, you know, it, but, but. Out of my mouth one day came. I think I'll get a newer version of this. And again, real the words making because it's going to cost more money. You understand? But God's paying for it. You understand what I'm? So He works with us. He loves me. Don't judge me. I was sitting out there. I don't know what her problem is. I'd have been and got yeah right. Praise God. So, so anyway, the mercy seat is covered with the blood of Jesus. We gotta acknowledge the blood, folks. There's too many arrogant people running around here thinking their faith is getting them everything. 
and they're quick to put other people under condemnation because we don't have what they have and their faith is bigger than ours. You know, all that kind of crazy stuff goes through. I want to say you can have your stuff, but I got Jesus. (laughs) Stuff or no stuff, I got the big stuff. Amen. Praise God. So what does God honor? Psalm 34, 18. talks about what God is looking for and he's still looking for the same thing 34 what I say 16 18 like I said the Lord is near to them that are of a he's near to them he is near to people who are of a broken spirit that means not haughty but humble amen and a contrite heart Amen. He saves those of such, uh, that would be of a contrite heart. So he, he resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Amen. And so he's gracious to us. That means he's disposed to show favor to us when we have a broken spirit and a contrite heart. He's very close to us. Haughty people tend to lock him out. He wants to get close to everybody. But it's up to us to uh, to put ourselves in a position where he draws near to us in order to help us. So he will always honor that type of attitude. Isaiah fifty seven fifteen. he says, I dwell with the contrite. Amen. Let me find it. Isaiah 57. God's dealing with a lot of stuff with his people right now. With the churches being closed. Listen, if God wasn't cooperating with that, if that weren't okay with God, we'd be on the list of essentials. You got me? We'd be on everybody's essential list. But government now has the power to tell us when to do what to do everything. 5715. For this saith the high and lofty one that inhabits eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and revive the heart of the contrite ones. What does he mean by that? He dwells, when you humble yourself, God comes and makes friends with you. He can't make friends with you when you all that. You understand what I'm saying? When your faith got you that. Or your prayers got you that. Or your this got you that. God got you that. And you wish you understood how that worked. Huh? A lot of what we get is a faith accident or herd rations. You just in the right company at the right time and it got poured out on you. He says, I dwell. Why does he come to us when we, when we lay low and let everything go? He comes and visits us. No walls, no barriers, no attitude, no demands. He visits us then. Why? He says to revive us. Oh, yeah. When you humble yourself, you let go of something. 
He sees that offering and he brings you the right something back into you. So he revives. He gives you, he empowers you afresh. He gives you the right brand of what you need. You let go of that little flimsy stuff you call faith. If you got so much faith, why does a a bill that comes in the mail shock you? Huh? I'm serious. I wasn't shocked. I got, yeah, right. Your heart dropped. You start palpitating. I would say that's shock. You may not have screamed or nothing, but you went into some kind of tremor. Huh? So, so God says, when you let go of your little whatever you think is keeping you together, He comes in and gives you a greater measure in holiness, in His brand of it. So when he, he takes your brand, your fake stuff and your flimsy stuff and your not sure stuff. And if you lay that down, he revives you in that area. So if you let go of the what you thought was faith and say, God, for some reason, this isn't working yet. So let me know. I'm going to let this go right here, right now. And he will, when you humble yourself like that, he'll come back and deposit and you realize your faith starts working better than it did before you let go of it. Huh? Somehow it's enhanced. He brought new life to it. Amen? Because you had to wore that little confession out. Your tongue is dry. Your eyes is bloodshot. Teeth falling out. I know. They're your teeth. I'm just messing with you. Hmm. Huh? True that. <laughs> so he he never diminishes us. If we let go of what we think is holding us together, we'll find that after after a period of time, he comes back to us, and something springs up in us anew. Like you ever said you ain't going to pray for somebody no more. I'm just sick of them. They ain't got on my last nerve. I just, yeah, I just don't have that. Now, listen, I'm an intercessor and all that, but I don't have time for no foolishness around here. I just, you know. Right. And then one morning you wake up and you see a vision of them lifting their hands before God. And you start weeping for yourself first. Because you remember the last conversation, last words you released about him. Amen. God, I'm so sorry. I just thought I will pray for him again. I know you love him. I love him too. I want to see him saved. I just, you know, whatever. They don't get saved on your schedule. Salvation belongs to the Lord. That's why he takes it from us. Our way of getting people saved is so botched, it's pathetic. You understand what I'm saying? We start throwing everybody to hell on a hall pass. I'm serious. Well, now they didn't start going to church now. You know, you know they ain't right. You feel it on the inside of you. God, you don't ever release people from prayer. <laughs> you stay praying for them. I know I do. They ain't never right, and you ain't either. So cut it out. 
Somebody's praying for you with your nutty self. <laughs> so God's mercy comes to revive and encourage us. His purpose is not to call time on us, but to show us a way to continue. So his mercy comes in to show us that there's a better way. There's more that we can accomplish now. He's not done with us. I know you thought you goofed it up so bad the last time. Amen. And some of us goof up on purpose. So God will stop trying to make us do something. Huh? My mother would, would have us go in the kitchen to do dishes. And everybody stuck, the, the greasy pot was always stuck in the oven. Huh? Hiding. They soaked for years. Huh? I soaked it, Mama. She never said anything, you know, so whatever. But, uh, you know, we always got stuff. You know, it's we almost want to botch stuff so God won't bug us to pray for people no more. Huh? So... He gets us in a position where we have to humble ourselves. He does it for your own good. Amen? Huh? Like you'd have spent that stimmy already and it's like a week late. Huh? They said they were sending it out, so I got, I'm on eBay. Huh? You done cash app, you done cash app all your rent money and you bill money, and you waiting on Stimmy to come and bail you out. Huh? And he ain't got there yet. Huh? True. Boy, you want to see some saints. Or you go around being nice to everybody. You start sewing all your important stuff, that little piece of jewelry you really like. Took you a month to find the right dress and the right shoes to go with. That's in the that's in the uh, giveaway bag. Go bopping in the church and real clever girl. I got something for you. I just Jesus, please send Stimmy. Bring a Stimmy, old Stimmy. Come on, come on, Stimmy. Come on in there. Come on in there. Huh? You know that's right. Go up and hugging everybody, even the people that don't want you hugging them. You hug them too. Huh? I just love you, sis. I was just praying for you the other day, you little liar, you. You prayed for him real fast when you got to the door of the church because you made that lie up outside. Girl, how you been doing? I've been praying for you. Right. Just, I'm sure of that. Huh? I can't go in church and tell a lie. Lord bless them. Give them what they need and just turn the table with them. Uh, so God's purpose is to show us a way to continue, folks. He, he is not, he's not the umpire who ever counts us out. You're never out. I don't care how close the tag is. You got me? You're always in the game. Mercy makes it so. Amen. So he wants to show us a way to continue with him, to cleanse us and set us back on course. 
You'll never get back on course with guilt, fear, condemnation, or things you know you've done wrong that you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> you got to learn how to repent and get cleansed, folks. Make that right because it's so available to us. We don't take advantage of half of what's available to us. Amen. So mercy is not a free pass to sin and live slothful. Amen. It is something that comes to us by way of a proper attitude in approaching God and approaching life. Amen. So, so God wants us, wants to empower us with all of the things that, that we need from Him. Amen. Mercy is really God's disposal to be gracious to us. His, His leaning is to be gracious to us, is to give us a chance, is to hear us out, give us a hearing. Amen. Uh, to show favor. Uh, he, he, pities us, the Bible says, as a father pities his children, so God pities those who come to him with a contrite heart. All you got to do is show God that you want to meet his conditions. Amen? You don't have to butter him up. You just have to come to him seeking cleaning, cleansing from him. Amen? Seeking to have sin removed. Wrong thinking, wrong heart attitude. Amen. With, with saints, it's not so much the ten, ten biggies, but it's usually heart attitude that gets us tripped up. Amen. We don't allow it. The Bible says to examine yourself. You know what's going on inside your house. Amen. And so when, when mercy is shown us, it's, it's a consideration. It's a kindness, it's loving kindness, tender mercies, compassion and goodness that God shows us because we're in a position to be attentive to it. He can't show it to people who are on the run from him. He can't show it. You can intercede for people, but he can't show it directly to your sinner friends. Amen? And and, and he's hoping you get a better choice of friends so you can grow you know sometimes we stay too long with the people who have given up on God we just got to be friends with everybody amen God can grow you up but you got to connect with the right kind of people well they make me feel uncomfortable you need to why are you around people that make you feel comfortable all the time this ain't no gang Huh? You get beat up to get in. Huh? No, God chooses your company. He wants to choose the right company for you. All the time. Amen? All the time. And so once we understand how mercy is shown to us, amen, just, just he gives grace to the humble. Amen? He, he is disposed to show he's already made up his mind to give mercy. You don't have to convince him to do it. You just gotta position yourself right so you can receive it. There's plenty of mercy for us. Ample mercy. Amen? As, as Pastor Shirley would say. Ample mercy for us. But, but we have to position ourselves to receive it. 
you hard-headed and you don't listen half the time and God's been trying to warn you and admonish you and prep you and prepare you, you get skipped over. Amen. You see all these people advancing, doing better and doing all of that. You still disliking certain people, all that kind of nonsense. God wants to show us this pays off. If you do things the way I tell you to do things, it pays off big. Amen. Bigly. He wants us to prosper bigly. So he's able to give and make all grace abound to us, giving us all sufficiency for every good work that he sets for us to do. He'll give you more of what you need. He wants to give us a constant flow of ease with the blessings that we have. Some Sometimes we struggle. Some people don't even know what that means to have a constant flow of ease. We're so used to struggling, you know, and pulling your hair about everything and working hard for everything. and You know, got a stimmy coming and you've taken on an extra shift and, you know, got your Uber Eats you working and your Lyft you working and all that kind of stuff. You know, just slow it down. Just slow it down. And look for that light burden and that easy yoke. See, we're scared to let go of the stuff we really think we're supposed to have. Huh? Yeah. You let go of the, the, uh, the side gig and the second side gig and the third side gig and all them other things and just rest in God. It'll shock you sometimes how easy stuff is with you just having your faith engaged. Some of this work stuff is just work. It ain't, God ain't put that before you. You went out and got that yourself. And see what he's saying, if you'll release that to me, just let it go. And let me bring you the right thing. See, when he wants us to humble ourselves so that he can revive. See, if we're contrite and let it go, he revives it with the thing he really wants us to have. Huh? It'll shock you sometimes what's waiting for you, but you keep struggling so hard. He can't, you know, you, one of them things move wrong and you already cry. You know, he's, no, I don't want to hear all that. You know, sometimes my husband, if he sensed I was not in a good mood, he came in the house with the right stuff. If y'all know what I mean. Huh? Because he didn't want to hear all that. So he got to jump on it. They smarter than you think sometimes. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> Baby, I picked this up for you. And I was, just, you know, and everything I was mad, I left suddenly. Boom, it went. Well, God wants to do that with us. He can't bless us sometimes. For his, we, he tells you, well, can you let go of just one one finger off the grip of that for a minute? So I can show you what it feels like to have the burden lifted a little bit. Then he got to pry the rest of them fingers and we go to cry and he said, I'll just take it. You know, I'll try it back later. You understand what I'm saying? It's just, you going to go through all that. I ain't up to that today. You understand what I'm saying? And so, but he, he affords us mercy. He affords us grace. He affords us. Joseph got, had to go to prison. Number one, because he wasn't perfected in God for the eventual job God wanted him to have. But that was a mercy thing. Because he was bound to get in trouble 
with that nasty little wife of Potiphar's anyway. Could you imagine going to your job under sexual harassment every day? Well, God had to release him from that. See, there's a blessing in everything we think is not what we're looking for. If we'll look for God in it, he'll be able to show it to us, and we'll be able to receive it and be blessed and prosper. Amen? All right, we'll stop for the day. Father, thank you for what you have given us today in your word and in understanding, Father, in understanding blessing and favor and how we live every day, what we do. And so we we thank you that you are a relatable God. You know how to bring it down to where we can handle it. It won't hurt us. We're not afraid of your word. We can embrace it and we can walk in it. And that's the purpose of meditation and hearing your word. And so we thank you, Lord God of heaven and earth, possessor of heaven and earth for everything that you released to us today, how you blessed us, kept us, made us prosperous and healthy. And you're going to increase us. We think we got it made. But our little stuff, Father, pales in comparison to the great thing that you have yet to reveal for us. There's more behind the curtain. So we thank you for that promise in Jesus' name. All right, why don't we do our declaration? I don't have Rona, and she don't have me. I can't get her, (laughs) and she can't get me. And, Lord, I thank you. That by the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. Amen, amen, and amen. It is so decreed. Amen. Praise God.